This is The Art of Healing. I'm your host and therapist friend, Trevor Hansen. We all need healing in our lives, whether that be from anxiety, loneliness, addiction, or our failing relationships. This show is dedicated to sharing the difficult and the healing stories of people just like you and me. On this show, I also interview experts in the field of mental health, including other therapists, with the hope of learning how to apply the art of healing. So join me as we learn together the art of healing. If you'd like to learn about my therapy services or would like to reach out for any other reason, go to trevorthetherapist.com or find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Art of Healing by Trevor. At the time of this recording, I, Trevor Hansen, am a master's level student therapist and am not a licensed therapist. I practice therapy under the supervision of fully licensed therapists. This show is not a substitute for therapy and is not therapy. Today, I have the incredible pleasure of introducing to you some of my favorite people, John and Annie Furness. You may recognize John under the name The Blind Woodsman from TikTok, where he has nearly 700,000 followers. People all over the world follow John and Annie because of their inspiring story and also the inspiring artwork that they create. So John is completely blind. He became blind at age 16 due to a suicide attempt. On this podcast, he's going to be sharing his struggles with drug addiction, anxiety, and confusion that followed his suicide attempt. John also shares how he found his purpose and healing through woodworking. Today, John is a world-renowned woodworker creating intricate products such as bowls and other pieces. I actually bought one of John's bowls that he made and I have it here next to me. I'm going to be giving this away on my Instagram. So if you're interested in winning a product from John that he handcrafted, you can go over to my Instagram at the art of healing by Trevor and uh, you can get the details there. Just look for the post. John and Annie, I'm incredibly excited to have you on the podcast. This is actually a dream. I was on TikTok <laughs> like months ago and I don't, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a little older than most TikTok users. I don't follow anyone that I follow probably <laughs> like 12 people and your stuff came up and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I have to see more of this. There was something about it. There's like a vibe that I got from you guys that was just so inspirational and helpful to me mm. as I had a recent injury to my eyes, you know, mm. and you know, luckily I'm, I, I haven't, you know, had to adjust to full blindness, but I have had to adjust to some vision problems. And yeah, at the time I was feeling a little bit down um, and kind of wondering if I was going to do the things I like to do again. Mm -hmm. And then John came on the screen with Annie filming and was like, Hey, here he is in the wood shop and to paint the scene for you guys who are listening. She walks in, of course, all the lights are off because who needs lights. And um, <laughs> John was in there making a beautiful, intricate bowl. And, um, even just the way you guys talked to each other in that video was just something that, um, I don't know, it filled me with a really good feeling and a lot of hopefulness. And I was instantly like, man, I got to follow these guys and I got to just throw a Hail Mary out there and see if they'd willing to be willing to talk to me on my podcast. And, oh, yeah, of and here we are. Absolutely. Oh, Pickles chiming in. Oh, that's awesome. We're okay <laughs> with that. that. <laughs> We're okay with that. It's okay, buddy. Awesome. It's okay. Well, tell me a little bit about about you guys, your story. Um, John, I know that you've mentioned briefly in some of your uh, TikTok videos, kind of some of the history behind how you became blind and how you mm -hmm. found woodworking. Um, I'd love to, to start, you know, from the top and talk about, you know, how, how did you become blind? What's the story like? 
Well, I became blind when I was 16 and I attempted suicide. I, I'd really been dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression and, and just kind of not feeling like I fit in or was accepted by my friends. And that was all, I mean, it was pretty much all in my head, but I never really, I never reached out to anybody, you know, I never really said, you know, I need help or anything. I kind of, I hit it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's a stigma and it should not be. And, and it, uh, you know, I, I got to the point where I just, you know, hit that, that, you know, critical point where I just said, I don't want to do it anymore. And I attempted suicide and I, I shot myself and luckily it only took my sight and my sense of smell. Wow. And, you know, I, I really, uh, I've been very blessed with how I've been able to adapt in, in that kind of thing. I feel very blessed that I, you know, only lost my sight and smell. And, and honestly, I think it rearranged things when, uh, when that happened, it's kind of like an old TV when you hit the side of it and it starts to work again, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> but uh, so, and that, you know, for several years, I, I kind of went through, you know, periods of, of drug use and being, you know, it, it basically on and off of drugs and lots of, uh, you know, anxiety and stuff that I still had to struggle with. And, yeah. uh, and then when I was 18, I decided to move back to the little town I grew up in, in Colorado, and got really heavily involved in drugs, and actually got involved in dealing drugs, and got put on probation. I really was living in some pretty, uh, you know, seedy kind of boarding houses and stuff like that, and I ended up getting a sinus infection that was so intense that I had to have a major surgery for it, and the uh, the first one they long story short they botched the job i ended up not only get rid getting rid of the, not getting rid of the infection but they gave me a secondary infection and it was so bad that they had to remove all of when i went to a, a different hospital a good hospital they had to remove all of the bone that makes up my forehead and uh, do reconstructive surgery on the inside and then replace the, the bone with a carbon fiber prosthetic plate. And wow. I realized that it was, it was either, you know, get help from my family or just die. You know, it, there, there was really no two ways about it. And so I, uh, I called up my folks and they had always been there. It wasn't like, you know, they, you know, had abandoned me or anything like that. It's just that I refused their help. You know, it was, I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so of course they, they took me in and I uh, was able with their help and my own rock hard stubbornness to get off of drugs and get off of probation. And uh, around about that time, I was working with, uh, I wanted to 
try and find a job. And so I started working with vocational rehab in Salt Lake City. And they uh, part of their program was an independent living uh, training program, basically. And uh, so because they worked with a lot of like kids that were going from high school to college or or uh, adults that had become blind later in life. And so they needed the, the skills to, you know, cooking and cleaning, that kind of thing. And they also had a wood shop there. And I thought they were kind of crazy at first, but I've always been interested in that kind of thing. So yeah. I decided to give it a try. And I'm glad I did because I found, I found what I'm supposed to do. I really, I, I'm better at woodworking than anything else I've ever tried. And it's given me a, a direction. I mean, even up to now, it's given me a, a way for Annie and I to support ourselves. And she is also a very skilled artist. Um, and it's, it's incredible that we're actually able to do, to make a living with something that heals us and that we love so much. Wow. I love to hear that. Love to hear that. And Anna, you're you're an incredible artist as well. I've seen your work on your guys' website. Uh, For you guys who haven't seen it yet, um, I'm sure you're going to go check it out. But Annie's incredibly good at painting. Um, Thanks. Annie, tell me a little bit. And I want to jump back, eventually jump back into John's story and ask some more questions there. But um, speaking to what John just said, you know, being able to, to have a living out of something that heals you mm-hmm. and doing that with, with your husband, how has that impacted your lives? Well, it's, I mean, it feels like a dream. Most days mm-hmm. we we're, we're, we feel so blessed to have found each other. Yeah. We feel like it was meant to be, um, you know, we met in 2012 and at the time learning piano repair mm-hmm. at a school for the blind. Um, and he ran a business, a piano repair business, uh, for a couple of years. So he didn't get into woodworking as a business until about 2016. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it's been a process, uh, but you know, we met, I was painting a piano for a fundraiser at that school and John walked into the classroom and he Hmm. put his hand on the, I had my head down, so I didn't even see him put his hand on the wet paint on the piano. (laughs) And he was like, Oh no, I'm sorry. And I was like, I'm sorry. And we just, it was a little awkward, but it was really cute. Luckily I, I didn't poke out Mona Lisa's eye. Yeah, exactly. Primer. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, and you know, the rest is history. We, Mm -hmm. we talked after that and we, um, our first, date was in his community garden mm-hmm. plot that he had been growing peas in and um we went and sat in the the dirt barefoot picking peas mm-hmm. at, at sunset and we talked for hours and yeah. we ended up getting married in the same spot three years later no yep. way yeah after yeah. we grew a garden together yeah. I and mean, we growing a garden um together as a couple is a really good test of your relationship because <laughs> you have to learn together especially yeah. if you don't have the experience doing it mm-hmm. but yeah we we grew this garden <laughs> together and then um one of the one of the in, in, during the ceremony um of our wedding we actually watered the garden together you know how sometimes oh. people do unity candles so we watered yeah. it together yeah we we watered the one pumpkin we got off of this like 20 foot long vine <laughs> yeah, the one that survived <laughs> oh. one single pumpkin off yep. of that thing <laughs> yeah well i i love that story i mean it i feel like that could be in a movie this is yeah this well is we so hope to write a book together yeah so. <laughs> 
for those who are listening, who really, they come here for a message of healing, something that they can learn from, uh, from other people's experiences and might say to themselves, wow, part of that story is like my story uh, is, is incredibly unique. And I, I see some, especially as a therapist, I see some really challenging elements there that you had to face, not only first, just getting to that place of feeling suicidal, you know, feeling rejected enough to be motivated enough to actually fall through with, with taking your life, but then waking up on the other side and realizing that you didn't take your life, but you took your sight. And I can only imagine the emotional impact that that had on you. Tell me a little bit about what was that like coming to that realization that through this attempt that you had taken your sight? Well, that that's really a complex one too, actually, because like, I think, I mean, it, it, you know, a, it was, it was a, a, a huge blow you know of course and but it was also something that like I saw it kind of as a challenge too like I you know I'm still here and I still have to do this and so I have to try and and do as much as I can I have to try and, and do this as good as I can basically and so I and and I got very lucky on adapting very quickly too. I, I mean, I changed the rear wheel bearings in my old car a week after I got out of the hospital. No way. Or not a week, a month after I got out of the hospital. Goodness. Yeah, and that all by myself. Like yeah, no- and that that sums John up very <laughs> nicely. Yeah, you tell I love you, that. Yeah, he if he wants to do something, he will find a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is, uh, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. And I like to say, if you can't see, imagine. Oh, I love that. And, and something that's really interesting, too, is like, it didn't, I think the full impact of being blind and what that truly meant didn't actually hit me until boy it was nearly 10 years after I had become blind Mm -hmm. I I'd been talking with a friend of mine about this movie and uh there's this particular part in the movie and we couldn't we're trying to recall exactly I think it was the 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 color of this actress's eyes and I remember thinking to myself and and I remember thinking this almost as if it was almost like someone else said it said I'm gonna have to get that movie and watch it and see and right on the heels of that it I had the thought you're never gonna get any movie or see anything ever again of any kind and that is when it hit me the hardest like that was when it like it came down on me like a ton of bricks that 10 years later and just it was really strange it really was almost like someone else had said it even though it came from my own mind and that i'm kind of glad that it hit me as hard then Mm -hmm. because i had the tools to be able to deal with it by then and so it wasn't as crushing of a blow as it might have been. 
Of course, of course. And no matter what, that's, that's going to be challenging, you know, just learning, yeah. learning to adapt first of all, but also, you know, emotionally working through some of those, some of those moments of realization. And it's interesting yeah. that it came so far, you know, after yeah. the accident for you, I'm curious, yeah. did you ever feel like you went through a period of like, you know, we grieve the loss of people in our life and mm -hmm. we grieve all sorts yeah. of things, I guess, was there a moment or like a process of grieving your sight? Definitely. I mean, they're and and grieving the loss of a sense or an ability or or something like that is it's a different kind of grieving. That is it's it's personal on a level that's very different than losing a loved one or something like that, because it's it's a fundamental part of you that you use to interact th with the world and always will, or in this case, never will again. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's quite a process, but it is, it is similar. The stages are similar to losing a loved one yeah, or something like that. But unfortunately I'm going through that right yeah, now yeah. Um, because I have lost a lot of my mobility. Um, I have a degenerative disease and um, was diagnosed in January with it. And so now I get around with a cane and that's new, new to me. And John has been a huge support system for me um, because he's already gone through something similar. I, I think one of the, the most important things and one of the things that helped me the most was just saying, okay, this is reality. This is, this is just the way things are now. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just go from here. Like, you know, basically this is the new normal. This is, this is the new, mm -hmm. whatever. So just and acceptance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, that, I think no matter, even if somebody doesn't have a disability, mm -hmm. we're all going to go through this process yeah. because we all age we all lose, you know, yeah. things that we used to be able to do. Yeah. Um, no matter who you are, you can't, you can't escape it. You Eventually know? you'll be shaking your fist at the kids and telling them to turn <laughs> their music down. Get off your get lawn. Get off your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens that. to Now we both have canes that we can shake. Yeah. Hey, there, there you go. go. Perfect. John's You'll is just, just a little longer. Yeah, exactly. yeah. She'll she'll tell me which way to run. Yeah. <laughs> You're a perfect team. She'll yeah. be like, the kids are that way. I can't yeah. chase them, but you go get them. Exactly. exactly. A little to the exactly. left. I love it. I love it. Well, and I'm also curious, John. So it sounds like you know, that full acceptance didn't come right mm. off the bat. I know that in one of your TikToks, you had mentioned, uh, you know, I think your words were, I, I had a hard time finding my place in the world. Um, mm. And I mean, obviously physically, that's probably true at times, but yeah. also just emotionally and mentally finding mm. your place in the world. And I, I would guess that that was related to some of your drug use and maybe trying to escape those feelings of, of feeling lost. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that, it it was kind of, I don't know, when I think back on it, like my my days of going back to uh, the little town I grew up in, Craig, and uh, it just, I, I guess I went there because it was a, it was a small place, it was somewhere where I knew people, and I knew, oh, I knew I'd be able to do what I wanted to do there. Mm -hmm. And 
but I still was just kind of drifting, trying to find. It was a comfortable way to cope. Yeah, it was. It was a comfortable way to cope. It was, uh, and it was a comfortable place to cope in, mm -hmm. you know, but I, you know, when I think back on it, really that place had nothing but trouble for me and just really that's all there was to it. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm curious not to interrupt, but I'm curious when you're saying, you know, it's a comfortable place to cope. Um, are you talking about, you know, the physical location or even yeah. just like the lifestyle, like some of the drug usage and like, tell me a little bit more about what, what coping looked like. Well, I guess, I mean, it, the physical place was comfortable because it was, you know, it was where I grew up. Like I, I had such a perfect visual image of every square inch of that town in my mind wow. yeah. that I could give a tour basically in a car and point at landmarks, literally. And, and so that made it easy for me because I, I didn't, you know, I was able to, to go wherever I wanted to go. I didn't have to worry about that particular part of it. That makes sense. And, you know, and it, well, it's people you knew. Yeah. It was people I knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people who accepted you into the, the circle. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I've seen that a lot with people who have addictions, you know, when, yeah. when you have similar addictions with other people, mm -hmm. it bonds you together. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that's what makes it really yeah. hard to break. Well, and, and especially like I was using meth and particularly in the world of meth and and cocaine and stuff like that it's it's a different society and there's different values like somebody that cheated you and stole from you one day a week later they'll have some stuff in their pocket and they're willing to share a little bit of it with you so come on in buddy mm -hmm. you know oh let's let bygones be bygones and it'll, it'll it's just a cycle like that yeah and and so it's this like balance of how far can you cheat or be cheated and still you know come back sort of thing and it is is just a it's a horrible way to live yeah it's yeah. a horrible you know, cycle it's, yeah yeah and it's and you know a lot of times we see this in therapy all the time as i'm working with my clients is that there's there's different ways of coping and some coping you know, is nice and comfy in the moment. And it seems to work, um, yeah. whether it be alcohol, pornography, um, also there's a whole slew of them. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and yet there's other ways of coping that also involve healing. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. the biggest difference. And that's yeah. kind of the, the title of the show being the art of healing, like how mm -hmm. healing happens. And sometimes the healing process can make us do uncomfortable things what were some of those influential levers or factors that took you from a place of just coping and numbing the feeling and the realization of, you know, the blindness and, and the drug addiction, and even just coping with the feelings that you had before, um, you know, that led to the suicide, what changed from you from, from coping and numbing to actually healing? Well, I guess, I mean, one, one of the big things really was, you know, kind of getting my head clear again um, and, and figuring out, oh, I don't know, I guess 
just trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And, and also when I started woodworking, that's when I think the healing started because mm -hmm. I, I started to, I was doing something that I had always looked up to others for having that skill. You know, I've always admired, you know, high quality, just beautiful woodwork. It's something that I've, I've just always admired and, and always wanted the skills to do that. And going into that class in that blind school and being taught that even as a blind person, I could build whatever I want. I could still be that woodworker. That really started me on the path to healing big time. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you found purpose if I were to yeah. kind of sum that up a little bit. Is, yeah. that, is that right? That is absolutely right. And it, I, I never, I tell you, the day I walked in that classroom, I never thought it would end up with me as a professional blind woodworker married to an artist sitting on a couch doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know? you know, and I think that's a big reason what, yeah. what brought John and I together, because I've been mm -hmm. using art as a therapy um, form yeah. of therapy for myself since I was about 18, mm -hmm. um, because I've also struggled with mental health um, mm -hmm. challenges like depression and anxiety. And um, when we met, I was running a little nonprofit project, um, teaching art classes to children in shelters and homeless shelters. Yeah. And um, the piano that we were, that I was painting was with a group of those children. And like, so literally that's what brought John and I together mm -hmm. was that, that idea of using art, um, you know, as a healing tool. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, I, every day I just think about yeah. how amazing that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I can imagine that art from an emotional healing standpoint mm -hmm. is, is incredibly healing. It feels like we're born to create as people. I feel like mm. there's something in us that just wants to make mm. stuff. We yeah. want to create, We yeah. whether that's, you know, make a business or, mm. you know, make our lawn look nice or have yeah. a family. It's all about creation and becoming mm. something through that creation. Yeah. And I feel that when we're able to create something outside of ourselves, mm. I think it fills me with, mm. with kind of a feeling of purpose, a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. And seriously, yeah. we, that's really. something that brings us so much fulfillment yeah. is sharing our art with the world yeah. because it's our way to, to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can connect with people because we're sharing, uh, we're creating something that was within us yeah. yeah, and then we're passing that on to, to somebody, even if it's, even if it's something that they just see yeah. online. Um, and they're not like purchasing it, but if they see it and they connect with it, that's mm -hmm. touching somebody's heart. Yeah. yeah. And that's really meaningful. It's, it's one of the things I love the most about uh, creating is I get to take this image that was in my mind that, you know, only I can see and turn it into a real physical object that I can hand to you and say, here, look at what I saw. That's so cool. I love really that. Cool. <laughs> and that's such a, that's such a unique way of like sharing something visual with it, yeah. you know, in, in the world of blindness. I think that mm -hmm. that's a, that's a rare, beautiful thing. And it gives people an opportunity for connection as well. 
yeah. you know, to be able to connect with you. And I think that's one of the reasons that people are so drawn to what you guys put out there on, on, you know, TikTok and Instagram. Um, if, if you listeners haven't seen them on TikTok or Instagram, it's, uh, the blind woodsman, both on Instagram and TikTok and all of all of, I think a lot of the content there is just so relatable. It's so inspiring how the art is created. And I think it also bridges that gap between, you know, somebody who may be blind and, and somebody who isn't, who's watching TikToks Mm -hmm. and it gives that human connection, I think is what I felt when I saw your content. Uh, How has disability influenced your connection between you two? And, you know, because I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. presented challenges, right? But I think it's also probably presented opportunities within those challenges. And how do you feel the, you know, blindness Mm -hmm. and then Annie, what you're, what you're going through currently, how these things um, help you to come together and create healing and connection within your relationship? Well, I mean, I think in the beginning of our relationship, it was, there was a struggle because I have never been in a relationship with somebody that was blind. And, um, I didn't know what specific and unique things were going to come up for me personally. Um, you know, this is something we've talked about before and it Mm. doesn't, it doesn't affect me anymore, but I'd say about the first year of our relationship, I really struggled with the fact that he couldn't Mm. see me and he couldn't see my face and look into my eyes and, and tell me, see how, like, if I would tell me I was beautiful or, or something like that, you know, I think people want to be seen physically and, and, you know, emotionally as well. But I think it it took, yeah, I think it took about a year for, for me to like really understand that that doesn't matter. And that (laughs) honestly, that is a big make or break when it comes with blind. He's experienced. Yeah. He's experienced that in relationships where it, it actually was too much for the other partner Yeah, and they couldn't handle it that they could, that he could see them. Yeah. And so, um, but I finally realized it's a gift. John sees who I really am. Yep. It's like, wow. I do. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love the parallel between, you know, seeing somebody because often in times in couples therapy, I'm helping couples to see one another looking at, you know, those, yes. those unmet emotional yeah. needs and the way that they yeah. long for each yeah. other, even things that they themselves can't see, but we're all searching to mm-hmm. be seen by, by those that we love. And so I can imagine that even from a physical and visual standpoint, I have never thought of that before. Um, so thank you for opening, you know, that up to me, yeah. but you know, that could have a pretty big big impact on you. And I'm curious, John, being on the other side of that coin and knowing that, you know, Mm -hmm. she is maybe struggling with that or hurting, knowing that she's not going to be seen. What's that like? What was that like for you? Well, I mean, that's, that's tough for me because I mean, I got lucky with Annie because she was able to get over that, you know, and, and that's, you know, hasn't been the case in the past. And it, you know, it, it, and I don't know, it's a complex issue too, because I've asked like even some close friends of mine and, and even they said, you know, when they really sat down and thought about it, she was like, yeah, you know, I do like to be seen by my boyfriend and that would be Mm -hmm. hard for me. Mm -hmm. And, 
and so well, that is and the other part of it was my artwork mm, because i'm yeah. a visual artist and i yeah. do I, at the time i was a photographer i yeah. was a our artistic photographer and i'm also a painter and john can't no. see my artwork and that yeah. that actually was more difficult for me than mm. him seeing me physically I could see that. um because that's like a piece of my soul on you know on a canvas mm. or paper or whatever and that was difficult but i have gotten into sculpting and that has made a huge difference yeah and he is able to experience it that way I love yeah. that. so you know we find I love ways that. yeah and and <laughs> i i know i hear i saw one of john's tiktoks recently as well that talked about you know when i went blind all the book covers went away you know judging a book by its cover mm -hmm. and you know when you go blind you don't have book covers anymore and this is kind of related to the same thing that we're talking about here where you didn't mm -hmm. see annie but you saw more of her and you saw you know her heart mm -hmm. and you saw her thoughts and the yeah. way she does things and i'm curious john do mm -hmm. you feel like and I don't know. I could be wrong here, but do you feel like blindness has potentially given you a greater ability to see into people from a standpoint that's, that's not visual, but maybe into their emotional selves? I think so. Yeah. He's <laughs> I, I really, I really do think so. Yeah. I, uh, um, there's many ways that I actually do feel blessed by my blindness. And I feel like I'm supposed to be blind. And I think that's one of the reasons. I, 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 I think one of the reasons I'm blind is so that I can help others who might be having trouble too. I don't know. Yeah, that is beautiful, John. And to think about that, from a lens of finding meaning and finding purpose in suffering is something that I feel has been a really integral part of my own healing processes as I've bumped up against life and had challenges as just finding, you know, serving others and, and helping other people. And I feel like one way that you do help people is even just the example of your relationship. It's evident from your videos, how you speak to one another and how kind you are to one another. And I'd imagine that from your mm. healing, from your suffering together and helping one another in your most vulnerable moments, you find connection. Yeah. And this is true across even emotional problems. Mm. A lot of the times the very things that couples are fighting about are the things that can bring them together. Because mm. usually we fight about not things that are, you know, we think about the content like, oh, you didn't do the dishes or whatever, but really the process underneath it is saying, hey, I don't feel good enough about myself. And those places that are broken and hurting, if we can reach and help one another, mm -hmm. that's where real healing and mm -hmm. real connection comes from. And I see that in your relationship just from your own content Thank on you. TikTok. Thank you. I'm glad yeah, you're able I, to see that. <laughs> I've, I've taught her the, the true uh, meaning of don't, don't cry over spilled milk. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> Yes. That and, is. <laughs> uh, and if you, let's put it another way too. If you make pottery, you want blind people as customers because we'll be repeat customers. <laughs> <laughs> 
John's <laughs> broken a few things. Yeah, probably like yeah. a whole cabinet full of dishes. I think, yeah. I think people with unique stories have unique messages to tell the world. They have important information. And I feel like, you know, John, you mentioned this earlier that part of your part of your blindness, you feel like is a thing that you would now choose. Like it's part of you. And part of that purpose yeah. is to help others and to share something mm-hmm. that can inspire or just improve their life in some way. And being all that you both have been through, I would love to know if you had that one message for the world based on your own experiences, what would that be? Mm. Well, <laughs> mine's based on one of our favorite movies, um, Soul. We love the movie Soul, but it's a Disney movie. And basically the message in the movie is don't forget to notice the little things in life. Yeah. The small beauties that make up a beautiful life. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically don't, don't forget to live life. Yeah. Be in the moment. Yeah. And because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'll be happy if I, you know, lose 50 pounds or I'll be happy if mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like there, well, grow my hair out or yeah. just, you know, right. things like that. And in reality, you know, life is happening right now, right mm-hmm. this second yeah, and not in the future, not in the past. Mm-hmm. It's literally happening right this moment. And there are beautiful things right in front of your face. Yeah. I've also learned that to keep in mind that things change, that, that, all things change and sometimes the things that are right in front of you are not so great sometimes the things that are around you are are not so great and wow. you know you just have to remember that those times will pass and that you know better things will be coming around and it it's it's good to try and you know, keep that in your mind when you're living life in the hard times too. I wouldn't change the rough patches in my life because they made me who I am now and brought me to where I am now. And it's also given me a wider, it's given me a wider understanding of the world. It's given me maybe, maybe more compassion and empathy where I might not have. Of course, of course. And I feel like those lessons of life that come at the highest costs are some of the ones of the most value as well as they should be. Right. And to hear that, you know, I can walk away from a situation with more empathy and compassion and become a more loving person. I learn how to accept my circumstances and become peaceful in my circumstances. I learn how to pay attention to the small, beautiful details and also keep hopefulness that things will change. Those are really, really valuable lessons. And I'm so grateful that that you've had the opportunity to learn them. And I'm incredibly grateful that you've given me the opportunity to, to learn them from you and to be able to hear your story. It's been, it's been such a pleasure to be able to talk with both of you. Thank you so much Same for here. having us on. Yes, thank yeah. you. If you don't already follow John and Annie on TikTok and Instagram, make sure you head on over and look for The Blind Woodsman. Also, if you're interested in winning a handcrafted bowl made by John, 
go over to my Instagram at the art of healing by Trevor and look for the post where I'll be holding the bowl that he made there. You can get details on how to enter to win. And we will be back next week with another episode of the art of healing. Thanks for joining. At the time of this recording, I, Trevor Hansen, am a master's level student therapist and am not a licensed therapist. I practice therapy under the supervision of fully licensed therapists. This show is not therapy, nor is it a substitute for therapy.